Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Uh, we're going to talk to, let me get these in order. It's going to be Catherine and then Victor and then Lou and then Juan. So good morning, Catherine. Good morning. Thank good morning. you for taking my call. Thank you for calling. I'm I'm originally from Colorado, but I've been here for about four years. Okay, what part of Colorado, if I may ask? Uh, Colorado Springs. Oh, great place. Great That's place. Home, but, yeah. uh, anyhow, I've been here not very long, but my mom's been listening to you forever. But uh, I have a question on orchids. Okay. I bought two of them. I don't know what they're called because I got them from the clearance section. (laughs) (laughs) Are they big flat leaves that just kind of spread out to the sides? Fat ones, and they got like a white flower. It's probably what we call a phalaenopsis, common name of moth orchid. A what? Moth, M-O-T-H, orchid, because oh. in somebody's warped sense of perception, they think those flowers look like moths. I don't think they've ever looked closely at a moth, but uh, no, anyway. Have. Now, oh. phalaenopsis are among the easiest of all orchids to grow, so they're a good choice. Okay, well, um, I couldn't find, well, I found one of the fertilizers, but it's, uh, and I couldn't find any more. Every one I find is uh, not organic. Um, well... But- If you want a product that um, is, in my opinion, I think is is certainly okay to use, um, just look for Medina's Has to Grow. Uh, We can't call it organic because uh, they, uh, Stuart Frankly, uses one product in there that's the same as a naturally occurring product, but uh, the the it. You know, the naturally occurring is a urea form of urea. The naturally occurring one costs about five times as much, and it's chemically the same. And he said, I just can't raise the price to justify that. So in all the years, we used to produce about 20,000 pots of Phalaenopsis orchids a year as commercial growers, and we used the has to grow, and it worked really well. If you want to be fully organic, just get uh, you can get a good uh, liquid fertilizer from Espoma. It's a little harder to find. I know Fanix would probably be one of the places here that will definitely have the Espoma liquid on the shelf. Or you can just go with good fish emulsion fertilizer, and uh, that will be organic. But uh, I'm not opposed to using Medina's Has to Grow. I think it's a good product, and uh, it is, um, It's you know, the only thing that keeps it from being certifiable as organic is just he substituted a man-made form of a naturally occurring product okay you kind of answered my next question but um the food that i got is called orchid food it's from carl pool yeah carl pools okay it's not it's it's, organic correct no but uh you know, just just mix it, blend it. I'm not going to tell you that you know the world's going to fall apart if you if you use a synthetic fertilizer. I'll just tell you that organics work better long term. So uh, get yeah, get get some hashgro or something, or get some of the good liquid espoma, and just use one and then the other until you've used up the Carl Pool product, and then uh, 
then go with uh, then go with one of the others. But um, your orchids are going to do just fine. Uh, just a couple of things about Phalaenopsis. They like it warm. They don't really ever want to get below about 60 degrees. They want a fairly bright spot. Doesn't have to be direct sun, but inside your home, I presume you probably have them in a sunny window. As long as they're not touching the glass, even direct sun is fine for them. Uh, they will tend to grow. They tend to put on their new bloom spikes, uh, usually early in the year, sometime uh, January. Uh, it would be a good t- a time to expect to see additional bloom spikes begin to form. But as uh, long as you keep them warm and feed them regularly, uh, and by the way, uh, they will need to be repotted at some point. Are they growing in uh, a sphagnum moss type material right now? Kind of. It's a moss. Yeah. Yeah. I, I <laughs> would get them. I, I knew that they needed it, and it's in a. It's not in a pot. It's in one of those uh, wood that have holes in it. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, well, when it's time to repot, I would switch over to a fir bark, is what I've always grown most of the orchids in, that I like better than the moss-type things. Um, it's just, uh, if the roots seem healthy... It seem to hold the water very good. Well, none of them hold water very well, but realize that in nature, this plant would be clinging to the bark of a tree somewhere, and oh, it wow. wouldn't, uh, it'd be getting just a brief rain shower every day if it were at home in Borneo or the Philippines or where most of these uh, Phalaenopsis, their original uh, species that they were bred from, uh, they're in an area where they're used to getting wet, dry to me. It's probably better that way. Okay, because in the beginning, before I found the, uh, the, the or uh, non-organic food mm-hmm. i was given it has to grow <laughs> well go back to the has to grow <laughs> and you'll do well uh one other quick question we've been seeing uh, a lot of the the ladybugs mm-hmm. but yeah they're not all orange some are like tan and uh some are like green and these are a variety of ladybug they're technically called japanese ladybugs well that's not the technical name uh, but uh they will vary in color they will vary in the number of spots uh they're actually <laughs> they're I hear actually, some of them are not good well the ones you're looking at are all good the only ones that are really bad there's one that is a bright chartreuse green but these ones that vary from yellow to gold to orange to uh you know, they're, I believe they're called the Harmonia ladybug is technically what they're called. But all the ones you're seeing right now are good ones. So uh, I, I, nobody really knows why we have so many, but there's been a, just an explosion of the populations up in North Texas, and now I'm sort of seeing the same thing down here. It's a good thing, but kind of makes you wonder. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll tell you what, they will bite you. you know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I found that out. <laughs> like, dang. You're not a nice one. <laughs> yeah, well, they just miss. Go home and get your babies. <laughs> there you go. Thanks for the call. Thank you. <laughs> Certainly. Bye-bye. Goodbye. Victor's next. Good morning, Victor. Good morning, Bob. How you doing? I'm well, sir. How about yourself? You sound like you're on the road today. Yes, sir. <laughs> I sure am. I've got a question to ask you. I, um, I got you on the Bluetooth. Uh, anyway, I, I got a question about uh, St. Augustine. Yes, sir. Um. Okay, I got a lot of leaves falling right now, uh-huh. and I'm thinking, I'm thinking about leaving the leaves alone until the springtime, and then just moss the leaves. Okay, are uh, they are they small leaves like elm leaves, or are they big leaves like sycamore or some of the oaks? Uh, oaks. It's an oak tree. Okay. You know, I would run your mower through them and just chop them up a little bit. You don't want those leaves to just 
pile up layer upon layer to where they totally shut off the light getting to the grass and everything. But if you just run your mower through them just to chop them up a little bit, they actually are going to provide a lot of nutrients. I always leave the leaves in place. And if it's a little bitty leaf like a cedar elm leaf, then you really don't have to do anything. But a bigger leaf like oak leaves, yeah, just chop them up a little bit and don't don't even think about raking them or taking them away. They, they're they too full of a lot of things that are going to be good for your grass and uh, and you know help the help the trees ultimately reabsorb some of those nutrients oh okay because those people are just raking them up and then put some compost you can do that if you like but there's no reason to i mean i always say if you need the exercise that sounds like a plan but hey i just i just chop them up oh malcolm beck explained to me a lot of years ago that what is happening is the trees are taking up nutrients that may be 10 15 20 feet underground and then putting them back on the surface of the ground he said this is mother nature's way the trees pulling up all those nutrients that are down deep and putting them up back up on the surface where the roots really need them and i've always thought that was that was kind of a really good analogy, and uh, so I just chop them up and leave them where they lie. Oh, okay, all right. I guess I'll do that because I was kind of concerned about that, you know. Yeah. Uh-oh. No, you get your exercise with the lawnmower instead of with the uh, leaf rake. <laughs> okay, sounds like winner. I appreciate it, Bob. Thank you. My pleasure. I appreciate the call this morning. Thank you. Okay. Bye. All right, let's get back to the phone lines. Lou is going to be up first, and Juan and Mary and Greg in that order. Good morning, Lou. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I have three quick questions, please. Okay. One, one has to do with um, <clears throat> some uh, trees that I put, some small trees that I put in the ground around June, July. Okay. One is a peach tree that's uh, going up to about maybe between three and four feet tall, maybe three and a half feet tall. Okay. Kind of a bushy one. And I grew it in a pot from a seed for many years, and then I finally put it in the ground, and it was seeming to prosper. And then I also followed putting that in the ground with two lemon trees that I had in pots that I just grew from seeds from grocery store lemons. And uh-huh. they were about, I guess they're about two and a half feet tall. Okay. Well, we got that freeze uh, a couple of weeks back, and I covered them. But um, the lemon trees, all the leaves have turned like this brownish, not brown, but kind of a gold, dark gold, yep. wilted color. Right. And then the peach tree lost, uh, I'll probably say, 75% of its leaves, but it seems to be okay. Well, so my question about the trees is this. Number one, uh, with regard to that, how do I properly cover them and how do i care for them in between these freezes okay um do not ever cover the peach tree peach tree needs cold weather in order to bloom and make fruit in the spring so it's on its own and uh, so you don't have to worry about your peach tree at all your lemon your, your lemon trees the damage that you got was cosmetic uh, they should grow out of it, uh, and because they grow from a seed, they're not grafted trees, so we don't have to worry about sprouts coming up from the base. And, um, you know, it, as far as protecting them, about all you can do is cover them. Uh, now, blankets and sheets are not the thing to use. Uh, there are some lightweight fabrics that are made specifically for this purpose. They're, the general term is row cover, R-O-W, row cover. 
and uh, there are lots of different uh, brands out there. I happen to like one called, it's the letter N, but it's Insulate, N-S-U-L-A-T-E. But there's some other good ones out there. And I would cover your lemons since they really are not a given variety because they're unique, genetically unique from any other lemon tree that's ever been around because they grew from a seed. So I would plan on covering those anytime we're going to have frost or freezing weather but uh and that will get them through temperatures certainly down to 20 degrees or so i've lived here long enough to see temperatures much colder than that so if we got just a real arctic blast you might need to uh you know put a just even a big light bulb underneath the cover to help make some heat you might actually need to create a little miniature greenhouse structure i know places like fanix even sell something they call a pop-up greenhouse it's like a little mini greenhouse you could put over them but uh the lemon trees need protection the peach tree does not now let me tell you just a couple of other things for your general knowledge uh, most peaches, most lemon trees are grafted, and the reason for that is that when you grow a plant from a seed, it takes several years for it to reach maturity to where it could uh, bloom and produce fruit. It's kind of like, you know, I've got some bull calves that weigh 800 pounds, but uh, they're not mature yet. They can't out, get out there and breed the cows like they would like to do because they just simply haven't matured. Plants are the same way, and with the peach tree, with the lemon tree, both, it may be six or eight years before they reach that degree of maturity. They may be eight feet, ten feet tall before they bloom for the first time because size has nothing to do with it. It's all about physiological maturity. So you have a a bit of a wait before you're going to get fruit from either one of those trees. Uh, the good news is that it could be even better than the seed that it came from. And the lemon trees are going to be fine. But here's here's the potential problem with your peach tree. If you it, and you said you grew it from a seed, it was it a seed from a peach from the grocery store, or was it from a neighbor's tree? I assume it, it was from a neighbor's tree because it was in a pot, and when my parents' pot passed away, it was on their back porch, and there was nothing in the pot but dirt. And so I brought it home, and uh-huh. I sat it on my back porch, and <laughs> it sat there for a long time. And all of a sudden, there was a sprout, and that was eight nine years ago. Okay, and. It just started growing, and I just assume it probably came from um, a tree in the neighborhood. Well, that that is that's that's a good thing because that shows that it was a tree that was adapted to the amount of chilling weather, the amount of cool weather we have. Unfortunately, some people will go take a Fredericksburg peach and plant it and a seed from it and try to grow that. And Fredericksburg, you know, gets so many more hours of cold weather that the peach varieties we grow in Fredericksburg are totally different than the peach varieties we grow in, you know, the hill country, which are totally different from the peach varieties that we grow in South Texas. So um, I always worry when somebody grows something from a seed that it might be from a tree that would not be happy with a kind of with not getting enough cold in the winter since this was apparently a tree that was well adapted to this area 
All you really need to do is just fertilize and water. I would feed it three or four times, feed all of them three or four times a year with just a good dry organic fertilizer. I would water them thoroughly if we go for more than a couple of weeks without rain and just be very, very patient. If you get anxious to have lemons or peaches, either one, you can go to Fanix or go to any good nursery and, you know, get a grafted tree and have some fruit on it the next year. But um, if you're a patient person, just hang in there. First thing you know, you're going to have flowers and fruit. <laughs> okay. So um, so I, even through the winter, I water them thoroughly if yes. we get no rain? If we get okay. no rain um, in the winter months, because they're freshly, newly planted, yeah, if we go for two weeks without rain, I would water them. Once they're established, you can cut back to maybe watering only once a month if we don't get significant rain. And that means a good hard rain. It doesn't mean five minutes of drizzle. That means enough to really soak the ground. But uh, that's that's going to be really, really important, especially this first year. Great. Thank you. Okay. So my next two questions have to do with grass. One is Bermuda and uh-huh. one is Augustine. Okay. So the first one about Bermuda. In um, August, I think it was, I had uh, to put down some regrading garden soil in my backyard up around the foundation of my porch. Uh-huh. And then I um, put down, I laid down uh, about a, a half a pallet of fresh Bermuda sod. Okay. And I watered it and watered it, watered it, and it. It took root, and it was real pretty, and it was doing well. And then the cold snap came, and so now it's all, you know, kind of a gold, weedy color. Totally Some normal. They're still kind of green. Yeah. Yeah. So what? how do I care for that Bermuda through the winter, like between now through next spring? Is there anything I need to do special about, to about it? Like your, okay? About like your trees. If we don't get rain, uh, water it every couple of weeks because you do need to keep the roots active all winter. Uh, just any good organic fertilizer would be a very good thing to put on it because that will enable the the grass to uh, you know to store the nutrients it needs to really take off strong in the spring. So uh, I'd fertilize, I'd water, and other than that, I wouldn't do a thing for Bermuda or St. Augustine either one. Okay, my final question has to do with Augustine, and I have to make a confession here <laughs> and ask your forgiveness. <laughs> anyway, so I have I have. St. Augustine in the front yard. This was in my backyard. So um, uh, I, I had uh, off and on from this past spring when I moved into this house up until uh, about a month or so ago, I have, even before I called you, I was putting things like weed and feed on it, mm-hmm. um, uh, some different products on it to try and get it, you know, healthy, Right. Um, and then I talked to you because I was having like what looked like a bunch of big brown blank spots in the yard. And mm-hmm. You told me to use organic horticulture, I mean, or horticultural cornmeal. Right. And also a good organic fertilizer. So I came to your place and I bought those things. I put them down and then I, I, I waited a while and I didn't and I got impatient. And so I didn't see anything happening. So I said, oh, heck. And it was convenient for me just to go and pick up some more weed and feed. Okay. And so I did that, and I put weed and feed down. So I've been vacillating with what I'm putting on the yard. It's still, and then I also put down, because it was yellow, a lot of the grass was yellow, I put down a uh, fungicide. And okay. I put down that every couple of weeks, you know, 
once, and then two weeks later, I put it down. So I've done all that to my poor grass, and I know I've I've done a lot of craziness because I, I didn't I didn't choose a consistent plan. You you, you are you are you have sinned, and you're seeking you're seeking forgiveness. Just don't do any yeah. more of that. You know, call me before you do any of these things because you're putting down poisons. Your weed and feed will kill your pets. Mm-hmm. They're responsible for so many cancers and dogs and cats and things like that. Mm-hmm. And your grass is not going to do anything until spring when it goes back into growth so we've obviously and and the i guess the good thing the bad thing about the weed and feed and the chemical fertilizers they're water highly water soluble they go away all you're doing is polluting the aquifer now you're not getting anything more to your grass oh, so you're making me feel bad. if you if you have put down your good organic fertilizer you're you're all set till january or february at that point, you're going to fertilize again, but your grass is going to be brown. It probably had some brown patch back in the fall. The cornmeal took care of that. Now you've just got to be patient enough to let it come back out and grow a little bit. So all other than just leave it alone, just leave it alone, mow it. I mean, you can paint it green. I passed a golf course where all the greens were painted green rather than planting winter grass when I was on a little road trip earlier this week. <laughs> but uh, paint it green if you have to, but don't be putting any more of that of that synthetic garbage on there. And I promise. Uh, we'll we'll talk in March or so, and we'll see how it looks then. Okay. But for now, Lou, all you need to do is water thank you you have a great weekend i appreciate you no more backsliding <laughs> did the same we'll talk again let me go on here and get uh, juan on good morning juan good morning sir how are you doing i'm well sir how about you great sir i have a quick question i have a av- avocado plant that's mm-hmm. in a big container that was given to me about a month ago okay a couple of weeks ago, we had a light freeze. Right. I put I put the container in the garage because I didn't want it, you know, to die or anything. Right. It's fine now. It's really green, beautiful. It's about seven feet tall. Uh huh. My question is, should I put it in the ground or should I just leave it in a container? You better leave it in a container because my suspicion is that it is uh, a plant everybody in their life if you're a normal person at some point you put a stuck a toothpick in an avocado seed and put it in a jar of water and let it grow and so the avocado that you have is probably a variety from the grocery store which is not cold hardy uh, uh-huh. if you really want to grow or uh, avocados we have some varieties that are not names that you would know like opal and joy and some of these others that will become cold hardy here but your tree is just a you know it's going to be a it's going to be a nice tree it's going to make avocados eventually but unfortunately it's not going to be cold hardy so it's either planted in the yard and literally build a greenhouse over it in the winter months or keep it in a pot where you can drag it in doesn't have to stay in on average we probably don't get more than six or eight freezing days a year here in San Antonio, so I would put it, you know, on on a little trolley or something like that, so it's easy to just roll into a protected area. But I'm afraid that's what you're going to have to do. I I don't think it would survive if you just put it in the ground. Okay. All right, sir. Thank you very much. You have a great weekend. Okay? You do the same, Juan. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Bye. 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 All right, back to gardening and back to the phone lines. Uh, Mary, Greg, Judy, and Bill in that order. And Mary's up first. Good morning, Mary. Good morning, Bob. Good morning. I'm great, thank well, you. <laughs> perfect. Hey, I think one of your previous callers may have already answered my question, but I had an avocado seed there on the side of the sink. I took care mm-hmm. of it for weeks. It finally sprouted. 
a root and I made the big mistake of just putting it straight in the ground. Uh, nothing happened for a few weeks. And now I've got about a six or seven inch, um, you know, uh, trunk coming out. And I don't know. So do you recommend just pulling it out of the ground and putting it back in a pot? At this point, I'd, I'd hate to do that. I would just, uh, you know, it's going to um, probably drop all of its leaves. I would protect it one way or another. I would cover it. Uh, uh, okay. One thing that I have seen done, uh, actually, at the Botanical Garden over in Atlanta, they take and make a little circle, just make a little cylinder, maybe 15 inches wide of any kind of fence wire, and then they just fill it up with leaves. And that's, you know, it's just kind of a little wintertime blanket over it. And uh, I think that would be, you know, all you would really need to do. Now, understand that it's going to be years before this tree does anything. Understand that it's never going to become cold-hardy. And unless this tree has great sentimental value, I would not spend a huge amount of time or money <laughs> in trying to protect it. I do something okay. simple like that and just tell yourself, okay. hey, if it makes it, it makes it. It and makes it. If not, yeah, I just made the big – a co-worker of mine said, that's not how you do avocado trees. Well, uh, you <laughs> know. To plant it in another pot and in a bigger pot, bigger pot. I'm like, I know. I don't know what I was thinking. But, okay, <laughs> well, thank you so much, and you have a great day. You do the same. It's good to hear okay. from you. Thank you, Mary. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, let's see here. Next up is going to be Greg. Good morning, Greg. Good morning, sir. How are you? I'm good. How about you this morning? Excellent. Beautiful day. I'm trying to put two small projects together. Okay. In my yard, I kind of tore it up with a bobcat fixing some stonework. Uh-huh. And I was going to till it, rake it out, and then reseed it. While I was doing that, I've got a small front yard. I'm tired of mowing. Uh-huh. I was going to till the grass, rake out the grass. And then I wanted to plant some ground cover, okay. so um, just fill it in. Can I do both of those at the same time? You can, but I really see no reason to till. All you're going to do when you till is bring up a jillion weed seeds that have been lying there buried, you know, for quite some time. Um, tilling is very overrated. It really screws up sprinkler systems and tree roots and things like that, so all I would do is level it. I would, uh, you know, you may need to get a little more soil, and uh, you don't have to get anything real fancy with soils, but I would just level it. Now, understand that the only grasses you can plant from seed would be just a temporary winter grass, and if you want to plant Asiatic jasmine, I, I wouldn't even think about grass. I'd just go ahead and get your jasmine, plant your little plants uh, about 12 inches on center, fertilize, water. Now, if it gets severely cold this first year, you might have to put a little cover over them or something like that, but uh, your ground cover is going to be cold-hardy down into the low teens, and long-term, you're not really going to have to do anything at all with them. And this is not a bad time of year to be planting ground cover, so uh only thing I'd skip is the rototilling. I would just level it, bring in a little more soil if you need to, and uh, get your ground cover planted and water fertilized, and, uh, and you're all set. If I do seed, then I would seed what? Next February, next March? The only turf grass that you can really plant from seed is Bermuda grass. And it is a hot weather grass. You probably would not be seeding it until April or even early May. 
Okay. And uh, is this area sun or shade? All sun. Okay. Then Bermuda is is certainly an option. You could also go out and, you know, just buy a little bit of a few squares of Bermuda yeah. sod and put down if you're really anxious to get grass into that area. Um, I, you know, I, I wouldn't wait for the seed. I'd, I'd go somewhere, get a few squares of grass and okay. plant it. It's not going to grow, not going to do anything mm-hmm. except grow roots over the winter months, but, uh, this is not a huge area. So I, I yeah. think the, the seed's going to, you know, you're going to spend a hundred dollars of effort and water and everything else trying to get the <laughs> seed to grow when you probably do the same thing with $50 worth of established grass. <laughs> yeah, you, no, you're probably right. It's just the mud and the dog, and I'm yeah. just trying to head off some problems there. So, okay, I'm on the program. I'll go uh, work, work, work to get her all done. Appreciate well, it. You do it, and uh, put put a layer of mulch over the top. Mulch is much better than mud, and the dogs won't be tracking, won't be nearly as much a problem if they track a little bit of that around. Uh, you're absolutely right, sir. Happy holidays. <laughs> to you. you as well, Greg. Thank you. Bye. So uh, let's talk to Judy and then Bill, and then we'll see where we go from there. Good morning, Judy. Hi, Bob. Hi there. Um, this is your lemon tree problem, child. Uh, <laughs> we've, we've spoken before. Um, I had a. It's very sentimental to me. I lost um, my lemon tree that my aunt had given me from seed. Mm-hmm. Uh, turned out to be a big ponderosa um, lemon. And so I was heartbroken, but it has come back from the roots, I guess. Well, but see, that's not a problem because when you grow a plant from a seed, 100% of the plant is the same. Now, we might say it came from a ponderosa lemon, but it's not really a ponderosa because it's its its own unique little genetic creation. And uh, But it's the plant's 100% the same. It's not like the... There was a different rootstock and then what we call a scion grafted onto it. So things that yeah. come back oh. from the root on your tree will be exactly what the basic tree was. Good. Uh, my my question is, I have to um, move it. And right now it's come up, it's about five feet tall. Mm-hmm. And how do I successfully dig that up? Do you have to move it now, or can this be put off for a little while? Um. Well, I well, I'm going to wait as long as I can, but uh, we're going to have to move it soon. Okay. Well, here's the thing: you would be shocking the tree to dig it and then replant it when we're right in the middle of a cold season that it doesn't like to begin with. So, right. what I would do is. And and this tree had been in the ground for quite a few years, I'm sure. How big is the trunk on this tree? How, how thick grew? Uh, the original is about, ooh, I guess, five inches. Oh, wow. That's an enormous tree. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you're going to have to get at least a 15-gallon-sized nursery container. Uh-huh. And then you're just going to have to dig as big a root ball as you can because, uh, um, gosh, you know, this is just, uh, you're just taking on a, a really big project because this tree has the same trunk, has the same roots that it had before it froze down. And right. the fact that now we've just got a five-foot shoot on it, we've got a five-foot shoot with a, uh, you know, with a root system of a 20-foot tree. So yeah. uh, it's it's going to be, this is going to be tough to do. 
but I think your your only real hope if you have to move it is rather than dig it and replant it in the ground, I would dig it and put it in a big pot. You may even want to go buy go buy a nursery that does landscape work and see if mm-hmm. they will give you or sell you at a cheap price a really big pot like a thirty gallon nursery container or something yeah. like that. I get those from Panic. Yeah. Yeah, Mark or Mike, great guys. I talked to talked to Mike yesterday, yeah. as a matter of fact. But uh, mm-hmm. you get the biggest pot you can, and it's just going to be a matter of, you know, dig it, get as much of the root system as you can, replant it, water it in with some garret juice, um, and just, uh, you know, it, it's going to go through a lot of shock. And quite frankly, a tree with a trunk that big, I'm not sure that you can successfully move it i mean if you want mm-hmm. to spend a thousand dollars to hire a professional tree digger yeah, no, that ain't happening yeah so uh, just it get it might not be five inches uh, um yeah I'm, well just get what i want to what i want to tell you is get the biggest root ball that you can that will fit into uh-huh. that that pot you're going to get from fanix um okay. just replant it with some good soil that have to be special soil the soil obviously where it was growing it was very happy with so you can just right. use that soil um, it will go through a good deal of shock. Uh, the Garrett juice will help, maybe a little bit of Super Thrive or something. Uh, yeah. The other thing that will help is, you know, on a daily basis or however often you can, even several times a day, uh, spray down the that five foot shoot that's uh, left because right. uh-huh. that's uh, what I do. yeah, and that's what you're going to need to do. I would put this big pot on some sort of uh, wheeled dolly or something like that because you can't just move it in and keep it in. It's going to have to stay out where it gets good sunshine, but it's going to have to come in whenever we're expecting much of a freeze. So it's okay. going to be it's going to be wheeling it back and forth, and um, that's you know that's the long and short of it. You're taking on a major project, but this tree has sentimental value. If this was just a a tree that you know you'd gotten and planted yeah, a few I'm years really ago good. and wasn't special, I'd tell you just move on and get a new tree. But uh, to try to save this tree that is special to you, I'm afraid that's that's the best advice I can give you. And uh, keep it in a pot. Uh, once we get back to warmer weather, if you are in a new situation or if you have a place that you can plant it and expect it to stay for several years, then by all means, plant it out and you can just cover it if we get real cold weather. But I, I don't think I'd replant it this time of year. I think I think the combination of being transplanted plus getting significantly cold weather would be real hard on it. Right. Okay. You don't. You don't get your. You don't. You don't have minor surgery or you don't have surgery done when you have the flu. You get well first before you (laughs) before you do it. We don't want to shock it twice. So let's put it in a pot, grow it through the winter months, and then we'll figure out what to do with it when it warms up. Okay. Good deal, Bob. I'll call you back when it's growing again. I look forward to hearing from you, Judy. Thanks. Thanks. Thank you. Bye. All right. Uh, it's Bill Stern. Good morning, Bill. How are you doing, Bob? I'm good, sir. Okay, How about you? Quick, okay. I've got a, a Meyer lemon tree that's about four feet tall and 24 to 36 inches in diameter. Okay. And I've got it covered with insulate, uh-huh. one big sheet of insulate that I found in my garage. Very good. And I just... Put it over paper clips, uh, 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 clothesline clips, and it goes all the way to the bottom. That's good. Now, 
Do I have to take it off every time the no, sun sir. shines? No, sir. That's a real good question. Many different things that you might cover with, yes, they would have to go on and off. But the insulate fabric is unique in that it transmits plenty of light. It gets plenty of light through there. You can leave it on all winter if you like, and it will be just fine underneath it and then take it off. If you want to take it off, you certainly can, but uh, it gets enough light to make it through the winter underneath it. So if you've worked hard to get it properly secured, uh, you're all set. Now, I'm not going to tell you that if we get a really cold spell, you might not have to stick, you know, a little heat source underneath there. You might have to put a second layer over, but you've done everything you need to for now, and there's no reason to be putting it on and off and on and off. I put it in, and and then I had a a roll of that uh, green stretch tape they use for tying things. Right. And I wrapped it from top to bottom all the way around so it wouldn't flap in the breeze. Well, you're in good shape for now, and uh, like I say, it's going to get enough light through that insulate fabric that it should be fine for the winter. Just if it gets really cold, you may have to do a little more. The first time in the world I ever got a wishful thinking thought (laughs) and out. (laughs) Very good. Well, you're doing fine. Just uh, uh, You've got plenty of other things, I'm sure, to be concerned with with the holiday season and everything else. So your lemon tree is safe, at least for now. Part of the fence that I got to repair. Well, I got a I got a truck with uh, that came through a substantial piece of my fence that I've got to repair. So uh, um, <laughs> we we all have our little challenges, and uh, you get you get the fence repaired and stop worrying about your lemon tree. Okay, thank you, Bob. You're welcome, Bill. Thank you, sir. Have a good day. You too. Bye.